everybody, and welcome to In the Den. I am CJ Bachman, and this week we have a very special episode for you. We have resurrected the one and only Lance Bachman to come back in the den. In today's episode, he is going to be interviewing Jacob from Apex. They're talking all about growing your business and setting yourself up for your exit. We deal with a lot of home service businesses here at One SEO, and one thing that is typically at the top of their mind is how quickly can I grow my business, how large can I grow my business, and how can I set myself up for an exit? Whether you're looking to retire, whether you're looking to move on to your next venture in life, or whether you're just looking to see how much money you can make off of growing your business to its full potential, stay tuned for a great episode. Everybody, welcome to In The Den. I got Jacob Warsek here. I know I mispronounced your name. I'm sorry. He's with Apex Private Equity Group. And Jacob's become a friend of mine. I sold him one of my companies. And what you're going to learn today from Jacob is how to make sure you're prepared to sell your company, when you should be ready to sell your company, and what they're looking at to buy and evaluate your company. Jacob, thank you so much for being on The Den, my man. Thanks for having me, Lance. Excited to be here. What we're going to talk about today, so everyone understands, is how to make sure... Your company's ready to sell to a private equity firm, how you exit, what some of the things they're looking at, why you'd want to be in private equity and sell to them, and also really what you bring to the table. And I guess we can also discuss what's cool with you. Why is private equity even wanting to do with home services? Is that pretty cool? Yeah, perfect. Thank, thanks so much for having me, Lance. I'm excited. All right. So let's, let's start with this, Jacob. You know, I met you probably a year ago now almost, right? About, About that, that time. Yeah. And I sold you one of my companies. Um, I've sold now three to private equity. Um, got a fourth one coming under LOI. Um, why is it important people understand when they own these companies that are doing revenue from $1 million to $10 million to fifteen to twenty that you need to have an exit strategy and private equity is probably going to be where you go? Can you explain that and talk about that? Yeah, so I think the you know the, the objectives for a lot of people as they build a, a business in any industry and, and specifically home services is you know they're, they they care about a few things when it, when they look for their time to be an exit they want to make sure that they are financially stable you know create a financially stable outcome for them and their families and they want to make sure that they their business is a going concern and that it keeps providing a career and a living for for their people and their employees so when you look at exiting and and you know, partnering or, or, or whether you're exiting or staying on, um, partnering with a private equity firm, a lot of us can bring the sort of resources that will ensure that your business continues to grow and grow healthy. We have, you know, there, you're, you're already joining part of a much bigger network of, of companies, a much bigger organization that's, you know, a lot of the times has achieved a national amount of scale. So already on, on you know, immediately there are better benefits for, for, for your people. Um, there's better opportunities for them to develop and grow across a, a bigger organization. Um, I'm wearing this brand Blazer today. It was in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. When we partnered with them, um, the owners, Johnny and Kathy, retired. Uh, it, was, it was late 2020. They did $4 million in revenue in Winston-Salem. They now do over $20 million in revenue across Winston-Salem, um, Greensboro, and High Point, North Carolina. Um, that was through marketing, through hiring, um, through be making sure that we had the best employment product in that triad market. Uh, the service manager is the same service manager. He used to manage five techs. Now he manages 20 techs. The install manager is the same install manager. Went from two crews to, to 20 crews. Just the opportunities. You know, average technician pay is more than doubled. Just the opportunities I've created for, for, for you know, Johnny and Kathy's people. I mean, 
you know, let's talk about this. You know, I always say to people, you know, you, you can either build yourself a job and you can make yourself make a certain amount of money every single month or year, and that's great. But if you want to build wealth, true wealth, life-changing money, where someone's handing you a check for big money, I'm talking about multi-million dollars, you know, literally eight figures plus, you have to have an organization that can be sold. And no one enjoy paying that price. Can you talk about I, I, that? I look at, so I look at um, what you and Michael did with uh, with, with Dilly, North Carolina, in, in Gastonia. So we, we, we partnered with with Lance's um, and his partner um, at Michael's business there. Um, we closed six last months year. last uh, year. So yeah. Eight months ago. Yeah. Um, you know, they, when, when they kind of, when Lance went into that business, probably 15 months before close, they weren't on Service Titan, were they? They weren't on. They you know, just they, got, they, no. We they, just yeah, it wasn't set up. They didn't have the processes in place. They didn't have the compensation plans. They didn't have an agreement with, uh, you know, they're, they're buying equipment wherever they could get their hands on it. Um, and so, what you guys were able to do there is put the what what private equity looks for is what as a, a buyer of uh, any any buyer of a company looks for is you know a, a solid customer base a solid culture a solid team and some systems and processes built around an organization where we can come in and add fuel to the fire add our marketing capabilities add our hiring capabilities add some of our benefits of scale on the purchasing and benefits side but having the the groundwork and the footprint already in place is extremely valuable to us as we look at at any company and you also want to see growth in the sales numbers of course i mean and you guys had that yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah i would say if if you're if you're you know, boiling it down to a few critically important things is i mean like anything it's reputation reputation of the brand and the community um, how how long the business has been around in the community we that's something where any buyer looking at a business they can write a check doesn't matter how big of a check they can write. We can't buy 50 years of good quality service to the community. That's that's the first thing. Reputation, you know, the the kind of how well known the brand is in the community. That's that's everything. Um, and then we want to see growth in the sales numbers. Um, that you know, where it looks like that's going to continue. Uh, we want to see um, that you know, processes have been in place. That there's that the business is focused on. Um, you know, we look for businesses specifically that do residential service and replacement type work, but that there is a, kind of a, a defined focus. And then culture. You know, the culture when you walk in the building, what does it feel like? Um, are people excited? Are they happy to be there? Um, that's you know extremely difficult to create, very easy to destroy. And again, it's not somebody can't you know you can write a check as big as you as you can, and you're not going to be able to buy good culture. Let's talk about this. Your marketing presence online. Before yeah. you guys even go into a meeting, and just tell me if I'm wrong, you're looking at their website, their reviews, what people are saying about them. You guys are doing a full online present research. Of Can course. you talk about that? Because I don't think a lot of people understand how marketing becomes. Right? That's one mm. part of it. And then the other part, you guys are looking to say, how are you getting these leads? Is it through digital marketing? Is it through billboards, radio? Are you canvassing? Right? I mean, these are the things that most people aren't talking about, but can you talk about what you're looking at? Yeah, so we, I mean, very similar to a customer experience, right? From the outside looking in, how can we tell if this is a quality company? Well, the first thing we do is we go on Google, we read the customer reviews, we look at how many stars, we go on the Better, Better Business Bureau, we go on Yelp, we try to find out as much. I mean, these, these are all privately held companies. There's no you know, public available information online. There may be, a, a, will be a few news articles from, from the owner, or, you know, the owner might be in the local paper where they sponsored a little league team. We notice all that. We love that stuff. But the, yeah, the online presence is critically important and it's similar to, I mean, there's kind of a general theme where anything where that takes a lot of time 
and a lot of intentionality to build over time, like a reputation or like having, you know, we, we can write a check however big we want to Google, but we can't buy 5,000 Google reviews at five stars. That has been intentionally built over years and years and years, and that you know drives a lot of value when we when we look at the valuation of the business. Let's talk about that about literally the marketing part of what people are doing out there. Does it amaze you that literally so many companies? Because you're in these companies every day. You're in companies from one million to, if I correct, you got the fur deal done right. Probably one of the largest HVAC deals in the history, right? I mean, that's yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. Fur now does over you know around 150 million in revenue across the yeah, DC just area. 150 yeah. revenue. That's all. Chump <laughs> change, everybody, right? <laughs> yeah. But you know. Is it amazing to you how many people just don't pay attention to marketing? We had a conversation. You were like, Lance, yeah, they're, you're right. They change their agencies all the time. They don't know what's going on. Can you talk about your experience with that? And like, what, what, what advice would you give to these owners about their marketing? And should they take it more serious or not? Of course. I mean, the brand, the brand matters a ton when it comes to, to the valuation of the business. Um, and like you, like you're you're saying, we walk into businesses all the time that aren't growing because they're not they're not branded very well. I think we're we're very fortunate in the home services industry where the services we provide are essential to the customers. So you can get away with if you're you know in Gastonia, North Carolina in July, you probably don't need to market that much. If you if you if you have somebody that picks up the phone or if a tech shows up when when the pro, when something something's broken, you can probably get away with without doing much marketing and you'll survive. But survive is all you do to grow. To, to show up when it gets, it's getting more and more competitive. There's more and more sophisticated players coming into the space um, that are, are very intentional, very focused, have massive marketing teams with people that have, it's all they do, that's their bread and butter is, is digital marketing. Um, that's who you're competing against these days. So, so it, it's, it's, you know, when, when something, when my air conditioner breaks in the summer, it's July, I need to make one phone call. Oftentimes, you, you you capture the demand by the person calls whoever shows up online first. That's all. That's all marketing. You know, and not to put you on the spot, people are unrealistic about what their company is worth. They have no clue. Would you agree to that? Ninety percent of the people you meet have no clue what their company is worth. Oftentimes, people business owners have a hard time separating where they think the business is going in the future with where the, how the business is performing today. And that kind of affects where they expect the valuation to, to come in. So yeah, I would say that's accurate. Because you see how many people pitch me to be their partners. You've been around me enough now yep. over the last year. And, people, yep. and I'm like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I'm not rude about it. I'm like, <laughs> but last night we sat there and we looked at a company, me and Jacob together. I'm looking at buying. And Jacob's like, nah, you get it for last, last. And like, you're like, nah, nah. And, you know, it's hard for people to understand if you're not doing seven, eight, nine, ten million dollars in revenue, private equity really doesn't want to touch anything under is three million a safe number to say for the most part? Yeah, I'd say on HVAC around three million, at least at Apex, is where we yeah. kind of start to look. Um, you know, plumbing and electrical will go down to you know to more like two million in revenue just because it represents more yeah. it's lower tickets, so more customer base, more more technicians. Um, but kind of anything below that you get into um, a situation where, like you said, there, there a lot of time it's somebody's job. It's not necessarily a business. It's the the business is completely dependent on that owner and that owner, you know, staying on and 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 kind of you know towing the line with all the employees. It's you you lose. Um, you know, if let's say you have one install crew and you know one your lead installer, let's just say his wife got another job in another city and they moved. You know, now now you're down half your revenue. So. For those reasons, we like to see at least a bit. You know, Apex will go smaller in terms of you know revenue, 
um, than a lot of private equity firms do. But we like to see at least some more stability than that under, like, look, we're talking HVAC under $3 million. Um, I, we, We've had this conversation before. I told you, you know, a couple of months ago when I learned more how your, your model, you, you are doing what a private equity firm does when you invest in the businesses that you're, you're investing oh, yeah. in. Um, you start with a small a size that's that's smaller than the typical private equity model because you're in there day to day and you, you're you're there as a partner with the you know you, you're very intentional you spend a lot of time personally um, and you're able to, to to scale them pretty quickly it's impressive. You know, can you explain to people why someone doing a million dollars? Let's just say someone doing five hundred thousand dollars in EBITDA or a million dollars in EBITDA is going to get a different multiplier than the person doing ten million? Because a lot of people don't understand that. Well, why would you get I get 2x or 3x, but this person's going to get 8x, right? Like, yeah. can you kind of explain why? So if you look at um, the how fragmented the home services industry is, um, there is a scarce number of home services businesses that have achieved a level of skill that is 10 million of EBITDA. There's a, a handful in, in the country. Um, so with that, what, what else are you – we always you know, ask ourselves, besides just – the cash flow. What, what are we really buying here? And oftentimes, it's you're buying brand, you're buying technicians, and you're buying customers. That so a, a business that does you know ten million of EBITDA compared to a business that does one million of EBITDA, they're going to have a much more better, well-known brand. They're probably marketing from you know rather than just doing direct mail and, and digital. Probably is making sense for them to be on TV and radio and blasting their whole DMA with their brand. Um, so that's you know exponentially more valuable when you know if it's if it's top of mind and everybody in the area has heard of it before, and then you're you're getting a ton more customers and and, and technicians um, and you know, people, people that that have cohesively come together where there's a good culture and and they're they're um you know they're they're especially if it's growing so the, the, we we look for the multiple I always say is kind of a it's a good yardstick to use to measure kind of one acquisition against another but there are a lot of other things than just that even a number that drive the valuation, um, you know, n- namely brand, the quality of the workforce, and the quality of the customer base. You know, you know I've sold multiple companies now. You've been part of, I mean, full transparency, I send you some of the LOIs I get now just to get your feedback. We've become such good friends. You know, my question to you is this. I've sat there and watched you do a lot of deals. i watched some of your partners do a lot of deals. I've been in the room. I see a lot of people concerned about two things, right? What happens if my kids are involved in my company, right? And my employees, what's going to happen? And I think that's a big stress because that seems to be, I mean, the number is the number, right? I mean, right. it's pure mathematics, right? Like, are you happy? Ken Goodridge said it best. Are you happy with the number? Does the number make you feel good? And do you feel good about the person you're selling to Lance? I was like, yeah. He said, then take the effing offer, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really not that difficult. But it seems like a lot of your stressors come from what happens to the people, and my children. Can you talk about that? Because it seems like that's one of the biggest hurdles. You have. Is that true, or am yeah. I just making that up? No, no, that, that that's completely true. That okay. that's that's the um, besides valuation. That's every seller's biggest concern, right? Um, at Apex, we have built the operational support resources to be able to. I could approach you as somebody who wants to sell their business and say, Lance, let me know what you a what you personally want your life to look like after this closes. Let me know what you want, the people, the family that you have in the in your business. Let me know what they want. What do they want their lives to look like? You know, in relation to the business after we close. And if it's, I want to be on 
the beach in three months, we can make that happen for you. If it's I want to continue working in the business, you know, and, and knuckle down with more resources and work harder than I have, ever have before, great. We'd love to work with you on that. Or, hey, maybe I just want to go back and I, I miss being in a truck and I miss talking to customers. I miss selling. We can we can make that work for you as well. So it's by no means, and, and that goes true for any any family in the business. We can solve for the sellers whatever whatever they want to do post closing. We can make it work for both both parties. On the people side, I, I always you know, we we are able to for you know on a, a few things. It, it's good in this industry where we're very lucky, and it makes it fun for me because what's good for the team is also good for the business. It's not a zero-sum game. It's a win-win situation. If you have a better employee experience for the employer of choice in the market, if your people are making more money, they have better benefits, they have better opportunities to advance their careers, they're going to stay and your business is going to keep growing. So it makes good business sense for us to take as good care of your people as possible. We're playing from behind. At Dilling, the team, they loved working for you and Michael. That people are well, you know, Michael, not me. I'm not involved. Today, <laughs> but I, I hope they like me a little bit. Yeah, well, we, I mean, they, they still talk about you, so they, so they, they do. Um, but uh, it, it's it's we are we we know we're playing from behind already because people immediately they don't like they hear change they think bad they hear oh we're getting acquired no one's celebrating when they hear a private equity firm's acquiring my company so we approach that situation we we it's not even that we have to keep their you know, their situation with the employment the same, we have to make it better. We have to make it better or we'll lose them. And they, they drive the whole value of the business. So when you partner with a private equity firm, you've put your people in a more in a more stable situation from, you know, we have 150 partners across the country. If it doesn't get hot somewhere one summer, we're going to be okay. You know, everybody, the, all the other businesses will, will, will continue to perform in other parts of the country and we can, we can you know, survive a few, a few downturns. We're, we're partners for the long term. Um, we can, you know, the, the, we've had tons of examples of people wanting to move or wanting to be, you know, a maintenance technician in Jacksonville now leads our, our business in St. Augustine. There's just, you know, tons of examples for people to have the opportunity to continue developing, you know, in their careers. And just, you know, by the simple fact that we have 8,000 employees across the country. So when we go and bid out, you know, healthcare, dental, vision, 401k, it's much easier for us to achieve efficiencies and we can, we can offer, you know, better benefits. You know, I look at it this way, Jacob, and I'm going to say it straight to everyone out there that's watching this, right? There's the David Geigers of the world I have the utmost respect for. I think he's one of the biggest legends, legacy. And you know that. I love David. You know, And I think when you have a man like him, he's going to go build great things. But the average person out there is probably not going to be David Geiger, right? I mean, let's be honest. Private equity is the greatest thing ever invented for the person that can build a company and take it to seven, eight, nine, ten million dollars and say, okay, now I can take care of my family for the rest of their life, get a big check, make four percent, five percent, never have to work again, leave it to my children. Like you like you hear me tell people, like, I have no problem saying like yeah. and then let the let the pros handle it. And know what? If you want to go run it back, run it back. I mean, I own what seven companies now. I'm buying two more. I mean, because I want to just keep running it back. But like I told you, I know where my max number is. I'm taking it to, and then it's getting sold, right? I mean, it's not. Why? Why is that the model? Why is that not the model for? Why does everyone feel like they got to do these roll ups and try and figure this shit out? They don't know how to do. The home services industry is changing. Um, they're, they're with the technology that we're seeing um, come into the space. It's become more easy for 
bigger companies to operate multi-site businesses. And so, it, it, you know, if you look at a lot of other industries, they are not as fragmented as the homes are, as, as HVAC, plumbing, and electrical. And so, you're seeing a trend towards exactly what you're describing. And it, where it makes sense, we're at a certain point. It doesn't make sense for one family to bear all of the risk for these very big businesses. They're, you're you're better serving your people by having by you know, giving them the opportunity to be a part of a much bigger organization. I think more and more people are starting to see that. You know. And I don't want to take up too much of your time because I appreciate you being here. You know, flew in from Austin, by the way. Good guy. Um, you know, here's a question for you. Someone out there right now is like, okay, Lance, you know the process. You sold multiple companies. You bought multiple companies. There's something special about you. I say all the time, there's nothing special about me. You've slept at my house multiple. I do the same shit every day, don't I? Like, there's nothing, <laughs> yeah, same routine. I, the same, it's a great one. Yeah. No, nothing changes, right? But – what is the process for someone that doesn't know? Because I didn't really know it when I met you to the way I know it now, right? I mean, you walked me through things. Can you kind of talk with someone? Because it's scary for someone that doesn't know the process. And, you know. I, my, my first piece of advice on that, Lance, is there's no, you know, we're, we're, there's a lot of talk about what do I need to do to get my business ready for a sale or what do I need to do to get my business ready for private equity? Well, sometimes it, it's never going to be perfect. Right. There's no harm in starting to have conversations. A lot of the businesses we end up partnering with, we talk to for 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, do some research, find out who the reputable buyers are in the, in the industry. You probably, you know, know them already. It's, it's not that hard to find out and just start having conversations with folks like me and my team. We, we love to talk. We'd love to, you know, kind of let you give you specific advice and let you know what we're looking for. And when, when it comes to time, then, then, um, you know, happy to take a, a more serious look. It's never, there's never a wrong time to begin, you know, having conversations. Um, and then you know, the second, second, just to kind of answer your question directly, um, typically what it will look like is, um, you know, a couple, an introductory phone call or two to kind of get to know you, uh, kind of, you know, ask about what you would be looking, what are we solving for you personally to do here? Um, once we know that, we, you know, we'll ask some questions about the business. We'll review a, f a few pieces of data, and we could pretty quickly turn around. Hey, here's what life might look like for you after the close, and here's where we would value the business. That that process, and if everything's completely confidential, we'll sign a non-disclosure agreement. It takes a week or two. So you just met another friend of mine that flew in today. Yeah. I said, right, I set up a meeting for you, well, really for your partner company, but he was burnt before by private equity. They retrade it. They had to take him, they had to, take him to court. Can you talk about, cause you're a man of high character, right? Like you're, you're not retrading deals. You're not, you're not, you're not trying to hurt people. You're, I say this all the time. You're trying to change people's lives. Like you understand people are fathers and mothers, kids. We talk about this stuff all the time to what's yeah. important. Can you talk about your core values and why you're not doing that? Cause a lot of private equity guys are there. I mean, I got retraded last year when I was going to sell one SEO and I walked away from the table, as you know, three days before closing. I, I was like, I'm out. Right? Can you talk about that part of it? Because that's the scariest part for people. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, I always bring up just to give people comfort. Um, I, you know, we're, we're in the trust me business when we first start talking. I'm just I'm somebody that you'll have never met before, asking for your trust um, and asking to to go, you know, kind of what's a pretty intimate process with you. Um, you know, a lot, you know, a lot, your business is. We always say a, a founder of business is a, is a reflection of the individual who built it, and we're kind of taking a tour of what you've been building for you know, oftentimes your, your your life's work. Um, for when you look at any buyer, the first thing is is just to independently verify that they're legitimate. 
they'll, they'll, we'll always provide references of other people that have partnered with us. But ask people um, that we don't provide with you. Or do, ask around about, about Apex and, um, or whoever the buyer is. And, and that's oftentimes when you'll, you'll hear the most valuable information. Then for, for me and my team, it's you know, the, the, the biggest thing, um, and, and it sounds simple, it's just, it's just doing what we say we're going to do. It's, it's throughout the process, just being upfront and transparent about what, the, what are the next steps and how we're going to get there and then doing exactly that. We, can, we grow, you know, a lot of how we grow is for us to continue partnering with more businesses. We've done over 150. If we didn't do what we say we're going to do, it's not a, it's not a, it's, it's, it's a very, you know, it's a, how, how, how do you describe it? It's a very big, small industry, a very small, uh, big industry. It's, it's, it, it's, you saw you brought your partner company to meet with me, and I knew every player in the industry, and I'm making intros right. to them. Like, I mean, it's just right. it's the it's the smallest. You you do not have good character. You will get burnt out real fast, and you just won't make it in business. And that's across any industry. I truly believe that you got to be a person of good character. And I said to you all the time, Jacob. Like, people might not like me, but they know I'm direct, and I do what I say. Right, exactly. like, just, yeah, we, we were completely aligned on that from the beginning. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, um, you know. I guess my last question for you, because I don't want to hold you up. I got two more questions. If that's cool, with you. Yeah, like, yeah, when, of course. Someone's going through the process of saying, "What? I think I might be getting ready to go." Like, if you had to put it in buckets, is it marketing first, making sure you're growing sales, then systems, processes, online? Like, give me how you know from your standpoint. If you don't mind me, real fast. Fit, it's easy. Fit, figure out what. You, we are solving for for you. Figure out what you want to do after the sale and have a little bit of conviction. And it, it, sometimes that changes over time, and that's okay. But at least have, have started to think about it, and you know, ha, have the books in order. Have the books in order. Yeah, have the books in order. Have the books in order. You know, I can only tell everyone this. I've exited now multiple times. You know, and that's not here to impress you, but it's to impress upon you. It changed my children's life forever. My grandchildren, when I have them. And I don't work because I have to work anymore. You know, I work because I want to work, because I want to drive. I want to, I want to keep going and winning. And this is where I truly believe so many people watching this out there, you have the opportunity of a lifetime to go meet a genuine good guy in Jacob. And I'm not here to sell Jacob. I'm here to say, hey, listen, change your life and at least give him five minutes and talk to him. Maybe it's the right fit for you. Maybe it's not. But I'm going to tell you this right now. If you don't at least listen and have a conversation, you don't know what you're missing out on in life. And Jacob, and that's what I'm going to say because I've seen you change a lot of people's lives. I think it's important people understand why they're doing this in business every single day. What are you getting up for? What, what like my children and my wife are the only things I'm driving every day for, and I'm and I'm going 100 miles per hour. But how would someone get a hold of you, Jacob? If, like if they wanted to call you, contact you, and just ask you the question, right? I'm not. You don't have to go through me, right? I know I'm friends with you, but do you mind giving your information? Am I putting you on the spot? Is that too much? No, no I, I love it. I, I, I love, you know, I'm very lucky. My, my job is to speak with successful business owners all the time and, and all over the country. So please um, love having a conversation. Feel free to reach out when, um, whenever you want. My, my cell phone number is 813-508-2823. Shoot me a text. Would love to talk. I mean, look at that. If that doesn't tell you he's about it, he just threw his text message, his cell phone number out there on the spot. Let's crank calm a little bit, everybody. <laughs> Jacob, thank you so thank much. Thank you brother. so much, Liz. It's always fun hanging out.